Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast again. This is Student Ministry Matters. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as, as we continue talking about student ministry and all things related to it. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about connection, connecting your students to the church as a whole. Over the past several episodes, we've talked about connection, connecting with God, connecting with your community. It is important for us to think about these ideas of connection. And so that's what we're going to take a look at on this episode. Now, let me ask you, Chris, what have you been up to this week? Man, this week has been, uh, it's been busy. So I've been having a regular, just a regular schedule of teaching in our, our school. But then also, uh, it's been exciting because an eight-month, actually almost a 10-month project is coming to a close. We got a new church sign. And uh, that might sound like a small endeavor, but man, it has been a process of going through the proof and all that kind of stuff. And it is finally getting installed this week. And so there's a lot of excitement about uh, getting that new sign uh, for the church. And, uh, and then, of course, Wednesday was See You at the Pole. And so we had a, a great time with that uh, and then had a, a great night of a uh, special night of worship and prayer um, at uh, at youth group. So it's been a fun filled uh, week. I've got to ask. You said a church sign. So what's it look like? Is it digital? Is it analog? Does it have? Oh man, the letters you replace. What what you got? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, yes, it's an LED message board sign thingamajigger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but nice. it also has, it's also a, a monument sign, I think is what you would technically call it. It's a, you know, it has our, our church name and logo on it. And then the, the LED message board, you know, kind of built into it, you know, and of course it's just, it's just one-sided because of how it's just laid out on our property. It doesn't have to be two sides. So we save some money there obviously, but, uh, Anyway, it's been it's been a it's been a project on the plate for about ten months now, and just going through all the different motions and and anyway, a lot of waiting the last couple of months as it's been in in production. But uh, man, it, it looks great. Really excited about it. Now, I'll be honest, it's not finished yet. We're at the moment we're we're still waiting for electricity to be connected to it. But oh, the sign itself yeah. is in, <laughs> the sign itself is installed. It's there. People know about it. And anyway, we're excited about that. So Pinnacle Signs out of Maumelle, Arkansas, they're the ones who did it. And, and man, they have been fantastic to work with. And so fantastic to uh, uh, just come alongside us and help us in this project. So if you're looking for a new church sign, uh, I do recommend Pinnacle Signs in Maumelle. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I've got to ask, you know, on church signs, there's often a spot for the pastor and so is is Cliff's name engraved on this sign somewhere? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I took you know, my knife the, outside you know. and I engraved mine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But don't tell him. 
Okay. You know, he won't listen to this. So we're, we're safe. We're safe. So exactly. (laughs) Well, this week has been a great one for me, um, mainly because we've had our first youth event at Calvary Baptist church since the beginning of the pandemic. And so I know that it is awesome because I have just been at a loss of what to do. We've tried to stay in, in line and kind of go along with what our church has done. And we've been very protective of our, our membership, which is a lot of older people. And so, so many things has been put on hold. Now we have a, a Sunday school class for our students. So they've been getting the word and, and they've had a chance to connect a little bit, but this was the very first thing. So of course, Wednesday was see you at the poll. We had a see you after the poll. And the coolest thing is that God put it together for me. You know, a few weeks back, I was worried about the Student Ministry Workers Retreat. We were putting that together. I've got a Fall Fun Fest that is a couple of weeks out from this date that is a big neighborhood thing where we love on our neighborhood. And then I thought, just a, several weeks ago, I said, hey, why don't we do something after C at the poll? I mean, we had that interview with Doug Clark, and I got excited about it. Had a couple of local guys that said, okay, let's do it. And then I contacted CBC because they had put out an offer to BMA youth pastors said, hey, we'll come. We'll we'll put on a pizza party for you guys and have us up and we'll connect and get to know you guys. And I said, well, what would you think about this and coming up and providing pizza for our youth rally that's going to be with this? And they were sure. Let's do it. I thought, OK, that's one thing down food. I, I asked them, hey what about the CBC singers coming up? Could they come up and lead worship? Sure, they can do that. So boom, I've got my worship taken care of. Then I thought, you know, these kids, they don't really want to hear me. I mean, let's be honest, this is going to be a rally after a student-led event at school. Let's let's get some students involved. And one of the, the guys, his student is the president of the FCA at Prairie Grove. Um, so he brought him, he shared for a little bit, and then a couple of the singers shared. So it was just one of those events where God said, here you go. I'm going to put it all together for you. You just show up and make sure you don't mess it up. And that's what it felt like. So <laughs> That's cool, man. That's awesome. Sounds it was, like a great night. It was. It was. We, had, we ended up with like 15 or 20 more than we expected. So I ran out of pizza. Um, but that's a good problem to have. I mean, really, yeah. for us not to, we had just been stuck. And so now we're able to start moving forward. This was an outside event. So it really fit with that, the COVID friendly, you know, working around some of those issues with uh, and worry about from some of our folks. And so I was just so excited. And CBC was so generous of their time. You know, these are students. I mean, as I spoke with the singers afterward and they, I said, well, did you have to skip classes? No, we didn't have any classes. And I said, okay, what about chapel? No, we went to chapel, then we zipped up there to to you guys. And so it's about a three-hour trip for them to come up, uh, but they were willing to do that. Um, Just such a good group at Central Baptist College. And that's one of the reasons that I love having them as partners for our podcast, because they love students, they care about students, I remember when my son was trying to figure out where he wanted to go to school. Now, I'll just be straight. He ended up at Washita, which is a great school. It's in Arkadelphia, Washita Baptist University. But one of the things that a couple of their professors said is, we want you here. We do. But if God wants you somewhere else, we want you there. And they meant it. They were genuine about that. And they rejoiced with my son when he found Washita as his place. 
Now they've got my daughter. She is fully involved. She's like, <laughs> goodness, she's the choir president. She's in the CBC singer. She's the editor of the web website for the tower media. She loves it. It's a great place. And really, uh, we just love it. And so if you're looking for a place to point your students toward, have them check out CBC. Contact the guys in the admissions office, like Ryan Guyton, who is who is the guy who came up there uh, with us and, and worshiped with us and talked with students. Um, you know, it's just a lot of fun. But maybe you're also trying to finish up your degree. Maybe you didn't finish that when you were back in college and you're thinking, man, I wish I had done that. If you got some hours, work with their PACE program. And again, you can find information for that at cbc.edu. And so check them out. There's, it's a great, great school that we're all big fans of. Tonight, again, we want to talk about connection. And like I said, being separated from my students from that weekly connection point was tough. It was difficult. Uh, but we're talking about a little bit, something a little bit different uh, tonight or today as we, we talk about this. We're talking about getting our students connected to the church as a whole. And the reason I wanted to to land on this topic is for a couple of reasons. And because one, it can happen in whatever size of church you have. If you have a large church, there are groups that you'll worship. Your students will worship in a separate place with the student ministry, and then you'll have the adults worshiping somewhere else. And so that division can happen there in a large church, but it can also happen in the small church. Even in some local um, uh, conversations, some recent conversations that I've had, you know, they they're just happy to to push and put the students over in the in the youth room and have the the whether it's a part time bivocational or volunteer student ministry worker uh, deal with them so they don't disturb what's going on with the other. So the you know this reason this there's a problem is that you're divided, you're not connected with the people and. God has called us together for community, and there are so many things that our students can learn from the 65-year-old in the pew or the 75-year-old. Um, there's so many things that they can understand about prayer and about dependence on God and, and just facilitating some of those conversations. But Chris, as we look at this idea, as we think about this, what are some problems that you might notice um, when your group is divided, when you've got that silo mentality going, you've got your youth to one side and your church at the other. What are some problems with that? Yeah, I, I think I think one of the big problems that I see, or that I at least um, uh, I believe it's pretty becomes pretty evident, is if if all we do is is separate these groups, these groups being the adults from the kids. I mean, if we want to just use those terms, cause that's what we're talking about here, right? Right. It um, is. It if, is. if we want to just, if we, if we separate the adults from the kids, well, um, and, and that, and then we, we, we want kids to become in that whole scenario, a part of the church. Uh, and that alone should ping in our brains. Well, that's not a right thought because they already are part of the church. And we can't right. just be content mm-hmm. with saying that kind of thing. So the problem that I see is if that's our mentality that they're kids and, and they can go do kid stuff right now, and then when they become adults, then they can start doing you know the the real church stuff. Then, well, at that point, whenever they become an adult, because it happens 
gradually, but when they graduate high school, it kind of happens like that, doesn't it? As far as yeah. adult yeah. status. Well, wh- what do we expect them to do in that, in that intermediary, intermediary time? I mean, that's a, that's a big jump, you know? So yeah. all of a sudden now we expect them to stop doing kid stuff and start doing adult things as a church. And so if we don't, if we don't talk about how they are a part of the church now and help them to see and, and to know and to, and to be a part of the church right now, then really we're setting them up for failure because that's going to be a jump that they'll never make on their own, at least uh, once they get to that point. So there's a big gap there um, if we're not careful. And so again, that's how I see, that's one of the big problems I see in that, not to mention all the, and I don't want to use this word lightly, but the, the joy of being a part of the church now if all we're doing is saying hey one day you're going to be the church or you're the church of tomorrow then really what we're doing is is well we're not teaching truth to them but at the same time yeah. we're we're withholding joy from them because to be a part of a a faith family you know a community of believers that's that's a that's a grace of god we need to make sure that that grace is being taught, it's being given, it's being shown to to our teenagers. This is a problem that, that churches run into. And there's it's always that question of when do they make that transition? At what point? <laughs> you know, I think about um, children's church. Now, I don't know what your church does, and I'll ask that in just a moment. But I know that one of the issues with children's church is they hang out there and then maybe if in some places, I've seen it go all the way to sixth grade. Then once they hit seventh grade, they're like, what is this? Or in the case where some a, a student ministry is worshiping, having their worship service, which is segregated or separated mm-hmm. out from the adults, then when they turn 18 and they're done with high school, then they're like, what is this? <laughs> this doesn't match what I, the experience I just had. And yeah. so... What's funny is we become surprised that they don't want to be a part of either one. And so yeah. how does your church handle that? What what is children's church slash youth worship slash, you know, what a, what do y'all do there in Hope? Well, I mean, it's a pretty simple model for what we do. Now, it changed a little bit with COVID uh, when it hit. Right, right. Uh, but essentially w- the way that we've always, we've always operated is, of course, we have a nursery. Now, I'm talking specifically on Sunday morning. Sure. Uh, we have a we have a nursery, uh, and that's up till up to three year olds. Um, and then what we would do is we would have a children's church, but it was for three year olds to kindergarten. So you've got about a two year window there, you know. Um, and so we're right. thinking about little littles that are that are just uh, that tend to be uh, not distracting. I don't want to use that word, but just can can make it hard for parents to be able to to worship, to be able to pay attention, you know? And so, um, and, and of course we didn't make anybody go to children's church, but children's church was available for three-year-olds to kindergarten. And, and what we would do is we would dismiss them after, after our singing, after our our Mm, time of, 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 of worship and praise. And, uh, and we would always try to make a big point of that of, as far as not every Sunday, but as, as we dismiss them, you would hear their feet just kind of, patter across the, the floor <laughs> to, to their room where they would be met with, right, by right. their teacher. And, uh, and we just would every now and then just, just kind of point that out. Like, Hey, listen, just listen to the, the, the pats of those feet, you know, let's, let's think about those, 
those being future missionaries, future pastors, future, you know, and just thinking about big as, as those kids are going off to children's church. But then I would also say that when they, after, you know, after they kind of graduated from that, I mean, that's a two year stint. They're there for four years old and five years old till they get out of kindergarten. We have in May, we have a specific Sunday that we call move up Sunday. And, uh, that move up Sunday, uh, is actually it's a move up month. And so each Sunday in that month, we're celebrating just different transitions in the lives of our families and our kids. Mm. So like transition from sixth grade to seventh grade, that's a big transition. Um, But one of those transitions is from children's church into what we call big church. Right. Um, And so we welcome those, those new first graders basically back into the big service and just make a big deal. Like, Hey, you guys are a part of this worship service now. And we're excited that you're here. We want you to, um, we want you to learn to listen and, and learn to be a part of this. And we give out, you know, kids listening guides, uh, sermon listening guides. Yeah. And so yeah. just different stuff like that. So that's how we've how we've done it. Now, since COVID, we've we've limited a little bit of the, the contact, so to speak. We still have nursery, but uh, we haven't been going into that children's church room the last uh, the last year or so. Uh, and right. we we right. eventually have transitioned back to that, we think. But it's just been one of those things that we have not reinstalled. And I, I think that's the pattern that many have fallen into. You know, we had that pre-COVID and here we are at this place. But but our situation is very similar. We we have a nursery. We have children's church that time that goes basically through kindergarten, maybe first grade. Mm-hmm. if Depending on the child, we try and we're small enough that we can make that kind of evaluation on, on the on the fly. But, um, you know, one of the things that, that I love hearing is that you welcome them in and that's mm-hmm. such a cool thing is that they welcome in. So they're part of those worship services and they're yeah. not going to get everything. We know that, but Holy cow, they're getting a lot by way of example and mm-hmm. just a worship together. Hey, and I would say too, Dan, you know, that's a, for us, and I can't, I can't speak for every church, but we want to make sure that we're coming alongside our parents as well. And so, Mm. you know, I'm a young dad and I'm a kid in kindergarten right now. Um, and for the past almost two years, he would, he would have been in children's church, but he's been in big church with us. And so he's been sitting in the front row with us, you know, and so we've been learning how to manage that, you know, and it, it hasn't been easy, but in that, in that whole move up, you know, and welcome them, welcoming them into the, the worship service, uh, one thing that we do for the parents is we give them we give them a book and we we invite them to to be able to to lean on parents who have um, who've already gone through that stage of parenting and uh, but the book that we give out is called Parenting in the Pew and uh, it's okay. a very it's a very very good little book um, for parents who have littles and um, because I, I think that's just part of where our pe- our people are in that stage you know they're. That's where they are in their their walk with Christ. They're they're learning to listen, um, but also they're learning to help young kids listen as well. And and that doesn't always prove to be an easy task, you know, in the midst of a right, right. Uh, of a of a you know worship setting like that. So we want to be able to encourage parents the best we can. As you listen today, you may be thinking, "Well, I didn't sign up to listen to children's ministry." But guess what? It's all connected. <laughs> it's family ministry, and mm-hmm. we've got to figure out a way to keep our students 
involved from the time they are uh, leaving that children's church to the time that they go off to college. We want them connected to the church because there's just so many good things that can happen along the way in these other areas. And so can you think of any other problems uh, that's posed by when we divide out? Yeah. I mean, one, you, you get this false sense that you only need people within your age group. Oh yeah, and, and that's just not true. Uh, you lose the sense of one anotherness that I think we see in in the New Testament, uh, because the as we read in how the the early church they were doing all things together, um, and there was this idea of they were with one another. The, the scripture doesn't seg- uh, segregate that; it doesn't separate them into groups. Um, it's this right, idea that they're right. all they're all together. Uh, that we all need one another. And so I think when we separate them and, you know, us as a church into these different groups uh, intentionally, then we unintentionally communicate that we don't need people of, of this other age, you know, um, we'll only need them whenever we fall into that group. And, and that's just, uh, I think that's a sad reality that happens within a lot of churches whenever you you do this. And again, it's not an intentional thing that happens. It's, it's unintentional, but I believe it's a danger that's uh, worth avoiding. As we pointed out today, there are a number of problems that can be brought about. It's wrong attitudes, wrong beliefs. Um, and I, I think I can speak for Chris. I mean, I believe that we're both very family-minded in our ministries. We see that student ministry is that connecting point where we can partner with parents and help them as they navigate all these different points in life, whether they're going into the seventh grade or they're leaving junior high and they're headed into high school or their first dance or their first, you know, all this craziness that, (laughs) that students go through going, graduating and going off to college. I mean, the list I've been through it all now with both of my kids and about to enter that other one. My son's getting married in January. So, (laughs) uh, you know, it's just crazy, but (laughs) All of those problems that can develop and that can be there. What about um, some solutions? What are some things that you do? I mean, you've already shared one. I mean, you move students into the worship service as a general uh, rule. By the time they're in first grade, you've already incorporated them into your to your worship service. But what are some other solutions that we might have? Yeah, well, I'm going to say some things, and I certainly don't want them to come across as if um, – this is, you know, that from a from a uh, a side of perfection, or that we do this in a, in a great way. Um, I, I feel like this is something that we want as a church to do and yeah. hope. But but I, I kind of jotted down four things that I, that we do consistently that we want to do consistently. The first one is just a consistent drip of referring to teenagers as the church. And so mm-hmm. I try to make a point. It's not necessarily every week, but again, it's a consistent drip. As as I'm as I'm teaching, as I'm preaching through Scripture, um, I want to I want to make mention of how you are the church right now. How how this is our faith family that you're a part of it. And so just to kind of reinforce that mindset that yes, you're here on a Wednesday night in youth group, but you're here because this is when our church has chosen to gather in this way. And, uh, and you're part of our faith family. And so I try to make just a regular mention of, of that. And then, and then the, uh, another one is, you know, a consistent outlet to serve. 
um, consistently putting opportunities within in front of our, our teenagers uh, for them to, to be able to serve in our in our faith family, whether that be in the, the, the praise ministry, whether that be in some kind of teaching role uh, or just just serving, right? Giving them opportunity to serve. And then uh, I think another consistent thing that, that I want to do is I want to consistently correct certain phrases and, and mindsets. And, and what I mean by that is every now and then I'll find in conversation with, with other people from our, our church uh, how they say, you know, man, I'm so glad that you're pastoring our kids because they're the, you know, they're the future of this church, right? And I know what they mean. I know what they mean by that, and I'm thankful that they're they're thinking in that particular way. But, you know, I, I try to just, in a very gentle, corrective spirit, just say, you know, you're right. Uh, I'm thankful that the Lord is growing them in this moment, but I'm also thankful for how how He wants to use them right now, um, and how they're the church right now, you know, and so. Just consistently, again, not in a in a mean way, but you get what I'm saying. I hope just correcting yeah, those do. kind of I little do. those little thoughts. Yeah. So those are just some three three things that that I would suggest as ways to maybe counteract and and, and help teenagers be connected to the church. You know, it is it is about consistency that consistently letting your students know, consistently giving them opportunities for service, and then con- being consistent in your speech as you work with those that are in the church as a whole, letting them know that these students, they are <clears throat> part of the church. You know, I, I think so much about the times that we have had the students separated. I, I used the word earlier, silo, and the, that silo ministry mentality affects a lot of different things but if you have a silo you know everything's about that and and unfortunately in even larger churches you can have budgets kind of fighting against each other that you've got children's ministry that's doing their own thing and student ministry is doing their own thing and then you got the worship ministry over here on the other side uh, but it's all a part of the church and I think one of the the keys was that first thing that you talked about was letting your students know they're a part of the church Every time, because I've just seen it so many times that youth groups have built up, they've become big, monstrous things that are on their own, and and there's not that crossover. We don't see them in the worship service. We don't see them come on a Sunday morning. I mean, I had I had that small, you know, in my group at Temple, I had probably five to six, seven of them that that was the case. I would never see them on a Sunday. But they were there every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And you want to keep loving on them. You still want them to, to be involved, but they need to know your mindset that this isn't the end. <laughs> this isn't the end zone. Yeah. Um, they need to be working towards that other part. One of the other things that I think we can do is that we can consistently keep our kids in front, like our students. That's what I'm referring to. Our students in front of our adults, as in letting them know what's going on in their lives, being involved in anything that we can. I know that, again, COVID, we talk about it so much because it's just a part of the world and what we're dealing with. But I remember going to the Christian seniors or your senior saints or whatever you want to call that group, and I would have lunch with them in large part to build relationships, which I think is vitally important. But I wanted to keep students on their mind. And so I would share kind of what's going on in our students' lives, where they're at. And in a smaller church, sometimes that's naturally going to happen. Um, they're going to see, oh, this is 
Oh, we have a sweetheart of a girl who just graduated. Her name's Georgia. She's off at Washita now herself, and she's working on her degree. Everybody loves Georgia, and it's she's just that type of girl. And so they would constantly see, oh, she's this or this is going on, and they would hear about her. Then you have to work at the ones that aren't the stars. You have to work at still sharing about these other kids that that need love as much and they need that interaction. They need senior saints, if we want to call them that, just reaching out and saying, hey, what's going on in your world? And so finding ways to keep them in front of those those seniors is a really yeah. important thing. And then trying to, you can be very intentional about it and ask those seniors to be praying specifically for those specific students or trying to get them to come to their events, whether it's a ball game or a concert or a play, all sorts of things that they can attend. And it's just, it's a crazy thing to see when, when a student spots somebody out in the, the, the crowd that they weren't expecting. I mean, it's one thing for them to see you as a youth pastor or student ministry worker, but when they see, you know, brother Bob out there and they're like, what in the world is he doing there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So again, it's just that idea, what you talked about being consistent and being intentional about pursuing that line of thinking. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, it is a theological issue that we have to determine what, where we stand on as we approach this subject, because Mm -hmm. our beliefs are going to shape our actions and they're going to shape what we're doing. And so we want to connect these students to the church as a whole. What else you got to add? You know, I would just say uh, another danger real quick and not to just go over into a a whole nother thing, but you know, if we're not careful, we can create within a student's mind that what they are doing in a youth group, whatever it is, but just that youth group experience that, that that's what they need to be pursuing, whatever the next stage of life is. You know, and so you think mm-hmm. about how we see that playing out right now. Uh, and I don't want to tr- throw any particular church under the bus or anything like that. But I, I think it's not hard for us to see that when a church kid goes to college, um, there's a reason why there's a lot of parachurch organizations on college campuses that are not the church, but are almost like a college style youth group. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. There's good, there's good things that happen within those, those organizations. I, I don't deny that, but they're not the church. Um, and those, you know, those, those parachurch organizations are not the bride of Christ. If we want to talk about it in right. that sense. Right. Yeah. So again, I love our ABSs. I love those college ministries, but one of the main tasks of an ABS or any college ministry, I believe is to connect that person to a church and to help them become a better church member, right? Now, we don't have to get into all that right now, but if, if let's just say that a, a church kid moves out of a youth group, goes into a parachurch organization, but never enters into the church, well, then when they graduate college, what, what typically happens? Well, they either fall out because they can't, they don't know how to be a church member. They don't know what that looks like. They just know how to be a church right, attender. Right. Um, and then they're going to start trying to attend a particular church that might, only gratify what what they're seeking to to find, um, yeah. and so I, I think part of our task right now is to help help our teenagers know what to look for in a church, what they should look for. So, when, whenever I think about our Wednesday night, what are the things that we want to always be doing? 
we want to always be preaching the word. We want to always be learning what it means to sing together, right? To praise the Lord and in, 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 in this way. Uh, we want to learn what it means to pray together, right? In that sense, because I believe these are the things that as churches we are to be doing. Um, and then, and I want to give them a model and they're seeing it on Sunday as well. I mean, this is, this is all flowing together, but anyway, I want them to see what a, a, a believer in Christ should be, should be a part of, right. Uh, that we are called to be a part of a local church. And anyway, I believe in that. And I believe that it's important for us as, as youth leaders to, to lead our teenagers, not just in, uh, fun games and great community, but to lead them into being an active part of a local body of Christ. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. As we look at the values that are going to drive our, our student ministry, and we've talked about values before, we but we have to have church, not just participation, but that idea of membership, um, of being connected you know, if they are believers in Christ, they need to be connected to a church body. And that means more than just the the other guys in youth group or, um, you know, just the student pastor. It needs to be the, those that are that are the tiny ones and it needs to be the old ones. It needs to be the whole gambit of people because they all have something to offer and to help pour into that person. I mean, that the one another's a scripture that you made reference to, you know, singing to one another, loving one another, serving one another, exhorting one another. We've got to embrace that and let our students know that it's it's important. It's not just enough to come to youth group and to get their Jesus fix for the week and then to move on. So, well, I have liked, not just liked, I've loved this conversation. This one, this is important stuff to me. I, I think that we don't place enough value in the church too often. We, we need to help our students embrace that, help them love the church, and then the church is going to love them back. They're going to find something there that they're not finding at other places. Well, it has been great to, to have you listen today as we continue to connect and continue to talk about things student ministry related you know i hope that you'll reach out to us you can find us online at in facebook at instagram uh, studentministrymatters.com be looking in the future Um, we'll be having our annual retreat next september we've already got a date so if you want to jot that down september 17th 2022 now that's a ways away but just go ahead and pencil it in say i've got something i need to do I need to be at Central Baptist College in Conway and because I'm going to learn something. I'm going to connect with some people. And so we want to encourage you to do that. Connection is what it's about, connecting with other student ministry workers. And tonight or today, we have talked about connecting your students with the church. Man, it's important. And these are important matters because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.